Radio Show, where our hearts are our masters. Your hosts are Nancy L. Hopkins and Walt Silva. Producing the show is Colleen Kelly. The theme song is called Disturbance and is written and performed by Renate Jet and Jet Music. You are listening to Wolf Spirit Radio at wolfspiritradio.com. Emotionally undercover for a lover overdressed. The cycle is created long before you start to think that the blink is your decision, what you do. No clue for the Foo Fighters. Thank you, Colleen Kelly, who is our producer. This is Cosmic Reality Radio Show. I'm Nancy Hopkins, and with me is my co-host, Walt Silva. The date is June 28th, uh, 2016. And we probably, I'm just getting used to 2016. It'll be 2017 before I know it. Um, welcome to the show, everybody. <clears throat> kind of a very strange day. Uh, I, 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 I kind of thought it was just a down because of having guests and trying to catch up with things that you don't get done when the guests are here. But there's some funky energy out there. Um, the cat's not, he's like down, he's like, meh, yeah, you know, I'm going like, you're all right, and it's like, yeah, 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 you know. And it's just so anybody else out there that's just feeling like they're they're tuckered out that that, that they they just can't seem to get their balance. Um, maybe it's a solar flare. I don't know, but there's something funky. Have you felt it, Walt? I know Colleen probably has. Uh, well, I do know that Gaia right now is in the process of transmuting Lush into love, so that may be it. It's ex- it's exhausting because it's a total change. You know how. When your brain gets addicted to a certain a substance, like for example, we get addicted to coffee, right? Or because it's got caffeine. And it, there's nothing natural about caffeine for us because, you know, it's not exactly a nutrient. But once, once you don't have it, you feel weird because you're lacking something that you're used to. Actually, well, I, actually, if you want to know the story about coffee, <laughs> Casey says, Edgar Casey says it's food unless you put cream and sugar in it. <laughs> so it may not be. I'm I'm going to defend coffee here. It may not be. No, coffee. no, I'm not saying that it's bad. <laughs> I'm saying I'm using it as an example of what happens. It's the sugar. It's the sugar that people I think are addicted to when it comes to coffee. True, but, true. But your, sugar body, is your body without the caffeine will give you a headache once in a while if you haven't had it. So I will give you that. Yeah. But I just, just saying, defend coffee. Using... I don't. I don't like coffee being talked bad about. Walt, I drink well, too damn much of it. Okay. <laughs> You're Go not ahead. letting me Sorry. talk here, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm not talking bad about the coffee because I've always enjoyed it. I'm just using it as an example. What happens when you are used to something, whatever that something is, and even if it's not necessarily good for you, and then when you don't have it, you kind of feel weird, like something's missing. And it could be anything. It could be a chemical substance. It could be a, a type of music. It's, 
when our something in the constancy of our routine it's not there anymore you kind of feel weird because now it it's like there's something missing but you don't know what it is you know that that's the point i'm trying to say um because i doubt that some like uh some months ago when i was putting commands into the shanghai grid a thought occurred you know that uh castanera has spoken about it in his books and uh, uh david wilcock brought it up in his articles how these reptilian entities you know they they feed on this uh, energetic fluid that our bodies give off while we are in a state of stress and anger and fear and he named it specifically lush remember that you you sent me the article where he spoke about it yes yes yeah and he he was the thing that remind the thing that stuck in my head was this bizarre image that he painted i think it was david um of the um world res- wrestling world yeah, wrestling that's, that's a perfect example <clears throat> you know and that that okay they, they he said that um somebody who worked in the world wrestling arena i guess they would call it i'm not sure what they call that but anyway the building um said that after every single big match they took down all of the tv sets that are in the build in that yeah. arena thing because they're energy and, collecting devices Yeah, that they were collecting this energy that was being uh created when, you know, all that yeah. anger and that aggression and that <clears throat> fear and whatever else is being elicited from the audience. And somehow or another, these televisions were actually like batteries storing the energy. Yeah, like and, giant capacitors. Yeah, yeah. Holding uh, up a charge. Exactly. And for some reason, that made sense to me. You know, I mean, from a, from an energy, just energy, you know, looking at energy and how it works and stuff, that that yeah. that made sense to me. And the fact that it was such a bizarre concept, I kind of thought it was real. <laughs> <laughs> so that's loose. They're they're taking all yeah. this. And Castaneda explains it in detail how you know it sorry, gets who? it gets uh, used. So not not recent. I mean, it's been months back where it. Crossed my mind. Well, what if the Shanghai grid, because Shanghai is constantly transmuting energy from one state to another, what if it could be used for that? But then when I ask with the dowsing, you know, does Gaia want this to happen? This is months ago. Uh, the answer was no. She didn't want that to happen. She didn't want to transmute the loose. And okay, you know, I left it alone. I'm not going to second guess, you know, planetary sentience. But then, a few days ago, maybe four or five days ago, um, for some reason it came back into my mind. And the morning I get up, I walk, I go to the shop, and for some reason I was thinking about it again. And then I went to the Shanghai grid, and I just grabbed onto the the wire that comes down from the antenna, and then I started dowsing. Um, if I was just wondering if in the name of humanity I could request that to be done, you know, loose transmuted into love. And the answer was no. And I said, can Gaia do it? And the answer was yes. I said, does Gaia want to do it? And the answer is yes. I said, okay, does the solar logos, you know, the sentience of the sun, does the sentience of the sun want Gaia to do it? And the answer was yes. <laughs> so... So I said, okay, so 
is Gaia doing it? Is she starting to do it now, right now? And I got another yes. So then I went to the my dowsing chart and I asked if there was a a length of wire that made into a coil would do that, transmute that loose energy, which is nothing more than a fear, anger, stress, you know, negative energy into positive love energy. And the answer was yes. So I jotted down the measure. I made it into a, a double implosion coil and uh, made the junction with the magnets of the Shanghai, which makes a huge, huge field. And it was the craziest thing. My, I, my mom wore it on her body, and she was experiencing all these positive changes. And then as a test, uh, I went to bed, and I put it under my pillow. And I said to my mom, wow, what a difference. If for the first time, <laughs> I had a complete night of sleeping with really nice, pleasant dreams, as opposed to dreams of being in ugly places, doing hard labor, working in these run-down stores, <laughs> Even if it does nothing more than help you get a good night's sleep, I am thinking, oh, this is a really good thing. But uh, if that's happening globally, then there's going to be major, major changes because, first off, those guys are not going to be able to feed on it anymore. And it's a way for people to get back their own energy. You're saying those guys, okay? And, I mean, most of our people would know who those guys are by this time, but who yeah. are those guys? Well, as explained by Simon Parks, is the reptilians that are hiding in the fourth dimension. They, they are the primary consumers of the louche. In fact, that's that. that he's, he said it in his shows more than once. That if, if they could take a couple of wires and stick it into love, and get energy out of it, they would advocate for love, but they have they have no use for it. It's fear and angry, all the negative emotions, that's what they feed off of. So that's well, why what, they, what, what what if it was not we call it reptilians, we say reptilians, but what if it's not reptilians? What if it's the AI, artificial intelligence, it's the Borg, for lack of another word. That is trying to infiltrate. You know, I mean, again, this 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 radio program is called Reality Sci-Fi for a reason. You know, we go with some of these stories um, because they're trending and because there's information that indicates that that, that, that may be true. Um, but none of us know. But we go with certain stories and just see where they're going to take us. So this is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> We're under attack by the board. If you feel like you want to think independent thoughts, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> and the board um, picked on the reptilians, first off, because by nature they tend to have apparently have been more um, inclined to, let's say, um, take over other places, take over other people. They wanted to be the leaders. They had this this kind of thing. So they, they were, were, were weak from the standpoint of being a target for the board, uh, the board. And if you've got people who, like Simon, who seems to have a lot of validity, talking about reptilians in the fourth dimension requiring this louche in order to get, you know, like this ultimate kind of emotional thing, maybe it's not the reptilians at all. Maybe it's the AI that has infected them. Maybe this AI, I mean, seriously. Yeah, but the, the AI is a recent arrival into our universe. These reptilians were feeding on Lush back in the Roman Empire. 
That's why they. Now wait a minute. How do you know that they're they're recent? How do you know they're recent? The AI. Uh, from all the reports from Corey Good, from all the all these people that are reporting on this, that's uh, it's not ancient. The AI, it's a recent arrival. But the uh, the other guys, reptilians, and all the others have been here for so long. You know how. No, no, I, my, I, I, I'm firmly convinced that the reptilians and AI, uh, you know, if the reptilians were here, the AI is already there. If that's that's also very very possible that they came already pre-infected. Well, I don't know necessarily that they were pre-infected by the time they got here. But I mean, but they would have been affected as soon as the home planet started to to get the AI in the systems and the technology. It would, it would make sense because if you, if you remember one of the things that uh, Simon said is that that is one of the reasons, you know, they want to leave the solar system and they're not being allowed to leave the solar system in order to corner the AI here. So what you're saying aligns with that. Well, anywhere there's technology, the AI can, um, ah, well, let me, t- let me put it to you this way, okay? <laughs> I, n- I never thought about the AI until I started watching Person of Interest, alright? And Person of Interest deals with a computer, you guys all know this, a computer that was created in order to somehow watch everybody and be able to determine who might be at risk of either killing or being killed and therefore being able to uh, locate terrorists. That was the basic idea. The government didn't care about other people who just might be murderers or get murdered. But these, this small group of people did, and so they went out and they tried to make a difference. And after, I think, five seasons, it ended. But it ended in a very I- interesting way, in that by the time you get to the fifth season, you have the um, female uh, machine that was created that um, was not in the hands of the government. The government had another machine called Samaritan that was in their hands, and then you had this one, the original one that um, Harold Harold created. And so they they're ending this thing, but I'm like, how are they going to end this thing? You know, because where are they going to go with this? Because I wasn't sure at any given moment what the message behind it was. Because of course we see so much out there that is making us think that AI is a good thing. Um, that you go, are they trying to make us think that the, the girl machine is good and, you know, then they bring in the boy machine and he's bad and he's gonna take over the world because of human, human beings can't seem to take care of anything and they're terrible anyway and, you know, everybody's expendable and, you know, this kind of mentality. So, in the end, um, Harold put a virus in, into Samaritan that he knew would also infect the machine and that everything was going to go back to zero. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because it seemed like everything was was grand until the machine realizing, I mean, the Samaritan realizing what was happening uh, jumped to a different place. In other words, it started copying itself and then sending it to someplace else out and being able to get through the get out before the virus got them. So what I'm saying here is that, you know, even if you quarantine the, the reptilians here, it doesn't mean you're going to quarantine the, the AI, in my opinion, because there's so many different ways, so many different technologies that it can get into. It's like a... a uh, did you see one of, uh, 
uh, in one of uh, Corey's latest posts where the um, he had to have this these meetings with this fellow from the secret space program. That's one of the biggest headaches that they have is that the AI infiltrates into the consciousness of scientists that are working in the computer environment, especially scientists that are pursuing cybernetics, uh, artificial intelligence, and all this stuff in order to get what they want, which is a physical vehicle they can occupy, as explained by Parks. And Corey said that they have the technology to clear it out of people. It's like some kind of, I don't know if it's an energy shock or something, but they have, he says that they've had special meetings where they have taken some of these scientists, you know, they've decontaminated them, clear this, the AI signal out of them. They show them the evidence. They tell them, look, what you're doing is extremely dangerous. This energetic sentience wants you to do what you guys are doing. If you continue, you know, it's, it's going to impact humanity. And the guys say, oh, yeah, yeah, right, perfect. We, we understand everything. We, we'll do our best. They go back. They get reinfected right away, and it's just business as usual. It's that, like they never had the meeting to begin with. So that's, that's one of the biggest headaches that they're having to deal with, that this thing can actually affect, you know, people's thinking. That's how insidious it is. I, um... Yeah, you had said that before, or just, but it, so, well, but the louche. Okay, so so got you think that Gaia is taking the louche and souring it, so to speak, so that that it's not. Well, it's already sour. She's making it sweet, which is it's making uh-huh. it into something they can't digest. So I was kind of surprised that in, in the span. So I thought, well, this could be a turning of the tide. Or a major game changer. Maybe that's why Parks kept saying, you know, we're running out of time, we're running out of time. Well, the planet is taking some things into her own hands, you know, and this is, this is one of those game changers. Like Shanghai was a game changer because it lets you get back your energy and take command of your energy. Well, this is another game changer because we are no longer food. We just took the human food source out of the equation. What are you going to do about it? Well, that might not be a good thing. I mean, if the cows have all got foot and mouth disease, they put them down. <laughs> might well, not the, be I, a good idea here. <laughs> there's another thing that this was just a personal impression, personal opinion, so it could mean nothing at all. But um, on two separate occasions, uh, both Enelia Benz and Andrew Barthes in their workshops and presentations, they have, with different words, they have discussed the same subject, that in their universe there are inflexible rules of engagement, at least this universe. And these rules are non-negotiable, and they have to be observed by both sides, you know, the light and the dark. And that rule is that you cannot affect anyone without their consent. There has to be agreement. Now, it doesn't because we... We are multidimensional beings and we have multiple levels of agreement. The agreement could be at any level. Subconscious, unconscious, conscious, superconscious. It doesn't matter, but there is some form of agreement. So in one of the shows where Andrew Bartz was explaining, uh, I don't know if I mentioned that in the previous show, he was describing how uh, they have this sophisticated type of implant that sits near the third eye and it phases in and out of reality. And the purpose of it is that if like uh, you're feeling good and your vibrations are going up, 
this thing phases in. It induces you, you to have negative thinking, negative feeling. So you, your vibration falls again, then it phases out. So that's, it's not permanently there. And that's why it's so difficult to locate and remove because it actually phases out of this reality. So the person interviewing him said, okay, why haven't they infected everybody right now? And Andrew said, because if they did that, they would be violating the rules of engagement and they would, and they would automatically lose the game. So remembering that, um, now you're saying that because they wouldn't have had permission, they wouldn't have had a contract with everybody? Correct. Uh, they don't have a contract with everybody, therefore they, they can't do that. He says if they did that, they would automatically lose the game. Those were his words exactly, I'm not paraphrasing. So uh, some days after that, I had uh, two sessions with uh, Gene Rockefeller to help me with uh, physical issues. And... In that first session, she's, uh, after we took care of the main thing, she started scanning me. You know, she's like a human MRI. And she started detecting these very sophisticated uh, implants that were sitting on the surface of the energy body. So she says, if, if I were to describe it to you, it's like it's sitting on top of your body, but it's not the physical. It's on the etheric body. And she described it. She says, you know what would happen? If you throw a, an octopus against a pane of glass where you have all those legs and all those suckers, and she was describing the location of them. So the first thing I did was a complete contract revocation to the experience of these implants. And she goes, oh, yeah, it's 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 scoffing at you. It's laughing at you. What does he think he's going to do with those revocations? So we, we kept working at it, and she was able to, um, she invoked the help of Archangel Michael. Uh, she says she's, she, he's showing me he's dipping his sword in the sun, and then he's touching the sword to the back of this implant, and it begins to fizzle, and it begins to burn, and it's almost like, have you, have you ever seen uh, the correct way to remove a leech when somebody gets a leech in their arm or their leg after being in a lake or a swamp? Put salt on it. Or a cigarette. And then it releases the the host. So after the session was over, I started mulling over it, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. If after doing a complete revocation at all levels of consciousness of whatever agreement I had that allowed this thing to be here, and it's still affecting me, that means you're violating the rule of engagement. That means you're in default. So as far as I'm concerned, you guys are forfeiting this war. And it should be relayed to the whole universe. I don't know who's policing this stuff or who's overviewing this particular game. But as far as I'm concerned, you guys are forfeiting this war because you're forcing action where there's no consent. So, like I said, this is just my personal impression, my personal experience. If it means something, you know, good. If it doesn't, well, it was entertaining. But she says that they've upped the game. She says these things are way more sophisticated than implants, simple implants that I've seen before. So obviously the way that we get more sophisticated, they get more sophisticated. So I thought that was... Uh, did she Did she have any indication as to who the source was of these implants? She could not. The only time I have ever heard anybody 
speak openly of of these things and source. Um, have you ever heard of something that it's not a human organization? It's something called the Silver Legion. They have a website where there's yes. a you okay, and you've seen this lady that goes by the name of Tanath. She writes the mission updates. These people work on the astral planes, and they get sent out on different on different missions. They're almost like almost like guerrilla warfare, and they have to do go and rescue souls that are trapped. And they have skirmishes, you know, with the opposition. In one of her updates that I came across on YouTube, there was like a twelve or fifteen minute update. Uh, there was one mission that they had to go to another planet. It was not Earth. It, had, it was another planet in the astral plane where they had to destroy one of these uh, implant factories. These things get grown in factories like somebody, like giant aquariums, before they get released on Earth. So they had to go there and sabotage that and destroy the factory so they would be down for I don't know how much time before they could have a chance to rebuild any of that stuff. That is the only other time I've heard someone speak of this. But again, not not the source. Well, I guess the source would be the factory. Who was the intelligence? Yeah, who was in, who's in charge? The factory, she does not say. Uh, I yes. guess contract workers for the opposition. <laughs> like if you're a rich man and you want a building, you're not going to build it yourself with your hands, right? You're going to pay a contractor to build the building? <laughs> My goodness. Um, you so, want me to post on the chat the, the pictures from this lady in California? Yeah, yeah, we can. Uh, well, are we finished talking about the louche? Because, I mean, is there anything we no, can... I was just sharing that when you said you know, like people were feeling funky or different energy, and I don't know if it's that. I think to me it's a change of the tide, but... Well, you know... Anything. I've been around doing this for a very long time, and they start talking about these implants and and uh, entities attaching and all this and fragmented souls, all of this stuff, and I'm going like, no, 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 no. This, this doesn't resonate with me at all. And it does not resonate with me at all. However, as we progress down the road... Um, I get a dog named Shiloh who just is dropped in the yard one Sunday. And this guy is teaching me things I really don't care to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to think they're true. The first thing he did that really kind of shook me, um, I wake up one morning and he's standing beside the bed staring at me. And I look at him and when I open my eyes, he, 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 bolts back like I like I'm about to hit him or something. And I haven't even moved and I'm going like what's the matter? You know, why you know and he just kind of ran with his tail between his legs to the farther part of the the room and just staring at me. And then the cat starts moving and he's lame. Now he wasn't lame when he went to sleep and I'm going like what the hell happened while I was sleeping? Well, it, I couldn't get the dog to um I mean, that's the way the dog was for about four hours. And finally, I picked up the phone and called Jean. Jean, I, you know, and she says, I'm working. I'll have to call you back. And about 20 minutes later, she said, I apologize. She said, I didn't realize what was really happening. She said, um, yeah, she, she said, you must have come under attack. And there's an entity there, and he's seeing it. 
And she said, I worked on it. I don't believe it's there. And I said, well, how do I know if it's here or not? And she said, ask the dog. <laughs> so I said, Shy, we, you know, am I okay? And he's looking at me and he's like studying me like, you know, and then all of a sudden he, he relaxes, his body opens up, the tail comes out, starts wagging, and he comes over to me. Now, I have these friends who come, came and visited, and the last time they visited, um, my, my, my friend is, uh, it's a couple, and Betsy is, was not really into the animals, you know, especially the dog, like, get away, get away, get away. And, but over time, she had started to develop a relationship with him. In that particular visit, he was very, very, uh, glad to see her. She was glad to see him. They were sitting there. They'd only been there maybe, I don't think even an hour, maybe an hour. I don't remember. When, um, she's rubbing on him, you know, and all of a sudden they both acted like some kind of a charge had been ha- happened. They both went back, you know, and I noticed it. I noted it, but I didn't really give it much thought. And within a few seconds of that, I got up from where I was sitting, and I'm walking out of the room. Um, I did something, came back, and so I'm in the in just in, in the room when Shy goes up to Peter and jumps. He's Peter sitting down, and Shy jumps up on his lap, and Peter immediately said, "What's what's wrong?" And I said, what, "What's what's happening?" He says, "I don't know. He just asked me for help." And so I went over to where, where the both of them are, and I put my hand on Shy, and he just collapsed like he was having a stroke. And now I'm freaking out. Now, weirdly enough, in this circumstance, I normally would have called Jean, but for some reason, she never even came into my mind. So I go through about, well, what, what happened then was that he, he was collapsed, he was very glassy-eyed, he, you know, but he gets some kind of like struggles to his feet, and then goes under the couch where he lays we've got a high couch and he was panting and but he seemed to be calming down he wasn't like comatose or anything and then he but he seemed a little agitated and then he got up and he went outside and he puked but he didn't have really anything in his stomach so it was like you know just watery stuff and then he comes back in and by the time he got to the kitchen he collapsed again uh so now i go into panic mode like what is happening and um then it just sort of stopped and within a little bit of time he seemed to be all right now the next time i talked to jean i told her the story and she said because she's also i mean she i don't know what she can't do she's also a remote viewer so she went back to the time that where when it happened and she says oh he just he, he pulled a whole bunch of uh energy out of betsy and i said well why would he go to peter for help instead of me she said because he was doing the same thing to Peter. She said that's why he collapsed. He was completely overwhelmed. So I should have paid attention to that. But, you know, and I did. I thought about it. But, you know, I like I say, I don't like to, to think about this kind of, well, as Annette would say, you know, woo-woo bullshit. It's just energy pet and taking it out. And even Even me, I'm having trouble with seeing this, right? So the whole time they come this time, I'm carefully watching, <laughs> make sure that I, if I, if something happens, I can see it energetically. And nothing of that dr- dramatic kind of a situation occurred. But at one point, I brought him in and made him stay in the house because he, he was so agitated, I really thought he was overheated. Um, 
he was he was not himself at all. Well, by the time they leave, um, I've now got uh, Stephanie and and Chris and Chris is Stephanie's um, sister, and he, she's actually babysat for him, so they have a really intense relationship. And she did something, and he got pissed off at her, and she got so upset that he was mad at her that, you know, she I gave her a, a, a dog chewy. I said, go under because he's under the bed now. And she went that and got under the bed with him and, you know, you know, made nicey nicey until he came out. Um, but again, the next day he was like acting like there was something terribly wrong with me. I mean, it was like not physical. It was just like he was pissed off. Hey, Gene, I think I was pissed off. Can you talk to him? And she just went, whoa, does this guy hold a grudge? I said, yes, apparently he does. And he was so angry at me because it, and what she said to me, she said, he says that you clean the house for the visitors, but you do not clean out the house when they leave. And all of this gunky energy is here. And he says, I've told the both of you, you've got to do this weekly. Or you got to do this, you know, is what she said. And um, I said, no, he hasn't. And Gene goes, uh, and I went, oh, yeah, he has. <laughs> you know? Um, so what, what I'm learning from the dog is that these, the, these, these spirit things that grab a hold of us, these, you know, that, that I don't want to acknowledge, I can't, I don't have any other explanation for, for what happened because she cleared the dog and he come over to me and he's good, you know, um, and she was clearing the house and I, she said, you should feel something. And I said, yeah, the house just brightened up. It like... It felt just all of a sudden brighter in here, you know. Um, but what I'm trying to say here, I guess, is, A, no matter how I don't want to accept this stuff, I have to accept it. And I think that we have to go through a process of clearing on a regular basis, just like you'd clean your house. We've got to get into a process of clearing. Now, what I used was sage. Now, the first time I saw anybody getting rid of evil spirits by burning some piece of thing in their hand. I was hysterically laughing. I thought, this is ludicrous. Because, you know, I mean, once in a while I have been very wrong. <laughs> and what it is is that the, the concept of burning sage is not, it's not just the, the process of creating the smoke. It's the fact that this is an accepted way of clearing energy that goes way, 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 way back. That, that millions of, of human beings have used this kind of ritual in order to clear evil spirits. So when, or evil energy, or dark energy. So when you put that much thought and energy and, and emotion into a ceremony, that ceremony becomes very, very powerful. So, um, I, I, and I've seen the effect of saging. And saging is just taking sage and burning it and going through an area that you want to clear with the uh, intentions of clearing it. Um, you know, different people have different ways of doing it or saying it. I just personally just sing. I don't have any words to it. I just make music and just let the, the energy flow through me and, as I walk around the house. Actually, I walked all over the yard. Okay, so I didn't go out the front yard, but I went in the backyard. <laughs> they were mostly in the backyard. Um, and the sage was was getting really low when by the time the front yard would have been done. So that's when I just said, please, anything out there, please just take care of it. Um, but it, it, I think it, I think it's partially to train me. 
and others, you know, I mean, I'm using myself as an example, to train me to pay attention to the details, to continually work against the negative energy, because whether I like it or not, it appears to be there. And even if it's not there, putting good energy out is not a bad thing. So um, I don't care how you do it, but I do care that we do it, that we start to think in terms of not just cleaning the house, but clearing the house, clearing it of anything that could have come in because we went to the store and picked something up or because you had friends here who come here because it's therapeutic and they drop all the shit here and I wasn't paying attention and the dog was. So um, that's just just my take on that. I'm finished. What were we talking about? <laughs> well, it makes perfect sense. I mean, you have... It's the same thing that I, I tell when people ask me about uh, the issues of energy courts um, and people that engage in sexual activity. Well... The same way you have physical hygiene, you have to maintain your energy hygiene. Every time you have any kind of sexual contact with a person, oral or otherwise, you form an energy cord. And if you're promiscuous enough, you're walking around salad of everybody else's energy. So how could you even begin to attempt to be yourself when you have half a dozen people co coexisting in you? So the same way you keep your body clean, keep your energy clean. Just cut the cords. The, the experience is over. You don't need to carry around everybody's energy. Exactly. And, and this is this is one of the foundations of the new reality. The need to educate yourself in energy work and neurology, as you call it. The use of energy, and it's not the use and manipulation of energy with nefarious purposes. It's just daily living. You, instead of living like a robot, just floating through life in cruise control while your mind is thinking, who knows what it's thinking, just be aware, be awake. Use your energy all the time. I mean, what, I thought I, I thought I was kidding myself or I was just doing self-hypnosis or something. But one of my tricks, <laughs> ever since I, I, I heard that anecdote from Manelia Benz, how um, she got nervous with one of her when I think she must it must have happened before she got married because she was alone at home and her sister came in and she was watching something on TV and she was so focused on it and the sister says why are you watching that and the sister grabbed the, the remote to change the channel and and she bl and Inelia blurted out no leave it alone and then the sister had to let go of it because it was burning hot and when they opened up the remote it was like halfway melted. And then Elia explained that that's one of the powers of the human vehicle, that it can do that. It can move the energy that way. So I figured, hmm, I wonder if I, that could be useful. So my experience is when the batteries get, you know, when batteries get weak on the remote, you push the buttons and nothing. There's very little response, or sometimes it responds, and then the next time it doesn't, and you have to go out and get batteries. My trick is I, I grab the remote. And I, I see my energy flowing into the remote. And then the buttons begin working again. <laughs> so. Oh, I've been doing that with batteries on the remotes for a long time. I just take them out and hold them in my hand. There. <clears throat> and um, then, you know, put them back in the... Put them back in, and that's it. Now, sooner or later, they're not going to take your charge because they're just, <laughs> they're just wasted. But, I mean, I've done that with, with, bat with remotes that were, you know, they lasted yeah. much, six months longer than... 
if I had replaced them when they first went back. Yeah, and that's that's awake living. You know, you're paying attention to what's around you, and you use your yeah energy in, in beneficial ways. So that's yeah. I guess what I guess what we're waking up to is you know, you know, maybe I'm just lazy. <laughs> Maybe I don't like to drive the car like somebody else to drive the car, you know. So it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, let somebody else. Well, remember, then you have a driver when you were Patton. Oh well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, we just have to start paying. I keep telling people pay attention to the details, but I'm not even listening to myself. So um, whether whether or not you know, it, it's not going to hurt you to think in terms of clearing your energies. And I have to admit that I suspect that that is one of the problems that we're having right now, is that as we become more, uh, we raise our frequency that we're vibrating higher, that we're probably now becoming aware of these things that we weren't aware of before. And because we're becoming aware of them, we're giving them permission to um, operate. But if we become aware and then say, but you don't have any permission to be here, so get the hell out of here, um, that's a whole different story. And it is the way that we, this is again me talking here, it's, it's, it's the way that I think we have to kind of like, A, take dominion over everything, and B, um, as, as we become more aware, we become more aware of the stuff that's there. And now we gotta deal with it. But we should be dealing with it with, um, from a PowerPoint. You know, they can't, if you don't, if you're not doing anything about them and they're there, well you're in trouble. But if you do something about them, then they have no option but to cease and desist. To go away. So, play the game. Imagine that, you know, when you're feeling crappy and that, the dog isn't going to come to you. Imagine that it could be some kind of an entity. I don't know where they come from. I don't know what they are. But just assume that it's an energy that you don't want in your space. Go through a ritual, whatever you want to do. If you don't have sage, then, you know, sit there and just create a fullerene bubble that's going to go out and just get rid of all this. It's it's all mental. It's all energy. And And don't forget that it's your heart that's got all the power. So if you're doing this, don't do it just strictly from the mindset concept. Think of it as you're going to put love. You're going to put something else to replace it because you're going to go sweep it out, but you don't want the dust to come back in. So fill that space that you just emptied with love, with joy. And, you know, it, that's an interesting thing. That we keep saying it. Oh, love you. You know, I love you, love you, love what the heck is love? What do you think love is, Walt? I know love is uh, uh, it's substance, it's energy. It, we tend to equate it with an emotion, but it's just the label that we use in reality. It's actually it's a force. It's, it's one of the three ingredients that we're made of. That's the three things that we're made of, joy, light, and love. That, that's why the rest is just window dressing. That's why we shouldn't have drama about anything, because... If it isn't joy and it isn't light and it isn't love, then it's not ours. Don't don't uh, don't sweat it. <laughs> Do you see it? Because I absolutely agree that it's an energy. Because 
you know, all of our emotions are energies. Yep. Anger. I mean, that'll, that'll set your blood pressure out of whack. You know? Whereas love brings in all these endorphins and makes you feel good and it's a, you know, you know. So, fear. Fear just, oh, oh my God, the feeling of fear is just, I mean, you get that tingling all over and your stomach is like somewhere near your toes and it's like, holy shit, what's happening? Um, all of those things are, are energies. And because they're energies and because according to Dolores Cannon's guides, we're here to learn how to manipulate energy, that, that's all it really is. You know, is learning how to manipulate your own energy field. So a lot of times when, because I've had so many four-leggeds, when, when, when you're just like in that unconditional love that the animal is giving you, there is such a powerful energy, you know, that it's almost overwhelming in that it's, it's just, it, it's like it wants to sweep you into this bliss. Well, was it you or Colleen who posted the story of that gentleman and his dog Petey on Facebook? I think I did. Was it you? Well, she, I post, I reposted it. Okay. Where, where he's, uh, he's asking the question, did I rescue him or did he rescue me? Because what the, the, since the dog's love is unconditional, he doesn't have any psychological filters or any baggage or built-in beliefs or whatever. It's just, pure essence of love, the man came out of his shell and he started transforming his whole life. I like that scene where he says that the dog inspired him to be the best that he could be. And well, yeah, he said, he, said he, would, he said he would look at me as if I was the best person in the world and that's when I started to try to be the best person in the, world, <laughs> the person that he thought I was. That, that, that was a... a, a Unbelievably moving yeah. presentation. And but the other, it, the other scene where he says, "I connected with him in ways that I never connected with another human." Uh huh. That's very significant as well. Yep. Yep. But you know, you have to look at the animals, and you have to think, well, maybe that's what their their job was to keep us humans in a state of love. Because imagine if you didn't have the animals in your life. <laughs> That's a pretty scary thought. Because we're to, we're to most, I mean, we'd all be carrying around teddy bears. Yeah, it'd be so desolate. You know, um, so another gift from Gaia, you know, to, to have the animal kingdom there that's so willing to, to reach out and to love us unconditionally. Um, you can see it in the, in the flowers. You know, what's the, what's the point of having all these amazing colors and shapes of, of flowers? You know, to bring beauty into our life because it, it, it invokes a certain energy when you see a flower that is just absolutely gorgeous or you smell one. Um, the gardenias came into, uh, bloom this, again, an odd time, um, in time for my guests to be here. So the whole time they were here, there was a the smell of gardenias all over the, the yard. Uh, you know, Gaia continually gives us these amazing gifts that without them, I can't even imagine what human beings would be. Animals, yes, animals and plants and, um, you know, now we got the minerals. Um, 
course, I've known about minerals for quite a long time, since I first got my first amethyst. I've told the story before. Um, my friend gave it to me. It was a pendant, a small pendant that she gave me because to thank her for helping with her wedding. And within not too long after starting to wear this, I was in, I was realizing I was having some weird sensations. I don't even remember what they were now, but I knew it was something to do with that 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 pendant. And having the background as an electronic warfare officer, I understood energies. I understood how quartz worked, but I'd never really thought of it as being a mineral. And it was the amethyst quartz that made me start to wonder about the energy signature of minerals. And I went and I got a book out on uh, crystals, and lo and behold, it was a book that was more metaphysical than, you know, well, you had to be, because that's the only way they talked enterology at that time, was metaphysics. But everything that she said, every symptom I had, she discussed in that book. And boy, I'll tell you, that started me on a journey to um, understand the mineral kingdom. And because I'm sort of scientifically minded, uh, I would go from, you know, well, here's this beautiful amethyst, and it chemically is created with these things, and it has to be in this kind of a matrix, meaning it's sort of like a stew, and you're cooking the stew, and the stew needs these, 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 these certain chemistries to get a certain taste. Well, it's sort of like that. The ruby would pull out of the matrix whatever it needed to become a pure crystal uh, ruby, uh, you know, in liquid molten pressure, sometimes it's, it, it's just the work of, of nature working on it. There's not even pressure or temperature. It's just, you know, what happens to, to like limestone. It just begins to go into, into a mineral form. I mean, uh, like the shells of, uh, coral. Coral will start to go into, you know, the mineral form and, and become a different calcified, uh, kind of a mineral out of, originally life that organic life that just dies so there's all sorts of different ways of getting these minerals and there are just so many different versions of them but every one of them has an energy signature and so that's when you begin to understand the 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 true uh, variety of life and the true enormity of the energy concept you know that every we've got all of these minerals, we've got all of these plants, we got, and every single one of them has a different energy sig- signature. And I get really came to all of that kind of a conclusion and understanding by a paying attention to the details and looking at the minerals brought me to a concept of the geometry because at the base of every mineral was a different geometric form. And those geometric forms would have the energies. It was not, it was not the mineral itself. It was the geometric form of a molecular structure of the mineral that was the framework for, let's say, the energy signature. And once you get to looking at life in the, the concept of energy and geometry, it's almost like a puzzle that starts to take shape in, in front of you. And it's a 3D puzzle. You know, it's got depth and width and height. And that's when things really get interesting from an energy standpoint. So when I hear about the Shungite and everything it was supposed to do, I really kind of was like, part of me was saying BS, 
because I'd seen so many different stones that were going to be, you know, the cure-all stone, and and they they always fell short. So I kind of expected that, you know, this is this is the same sort of thing. And I didn't pursue it, but then Lee Brown, Reverend Lee Brown, brings me Shungite. And when it gets in my hands, now I've got something that I'm feeling energies I've never felt before. I'm feeling a depth of energy that I'd never felt before. And my dog Josie was, you know, 48 hours from dying, and she, you know, all of a sudden is is doing really well. And you're seeing a massive change in a in a a dog, you know, health wise, because she's got shungite on her now. That doesn't make any sense, but it does if you pursue the shungite in the way that I pursued all the minerals. Was what is the geometric shape? What are we dealing with here? And that's when I find the fullerene. And the fullerene is like, oh my god. <laughs> You know, because of the complexity of it um, and the per- perfection of it. It's like the perfect geometric shape. It's got 60 null points. A Genesis crystal, which has got all sorts of qualities to it, has only got one null point. And here you got something that's got 60. You know, and the, the universe will, will, will don't doesn't like a vacuum. And a null point is a vacuum. So what's it feeding with? Well, it's feeding from the from the... What people would think of as the ether, which now is called the quantum field. It's the 90% of darkness. I mean, when we think of a, a molecule, molecule, well, the atoms are way apart. And within the structure of anything, the molecules are way apart. Most everything is space. And only 10% of what is, is what we can perceive as being 3D reality. And so many people, you know, have said, why are we looking at the 10%? We should be looking at the 90%. And that's where I, what I see that, that Shungite brought into the picture was this ability to be able to pull in this quantum energy, this proto-energy that could be the, the source of manifestation. So you got all this energy here and it will react with other fields. It is so energetic that it will take your very thoughts, which is a hugely powerful energy force, and it will accelerate them, intensify them, and feed it quantum energy. So when we talk in terms of Shungite being a sentient being, yes, there is a sentient being behind every single mineral. But in the case of Shungite, it's the structure of the molecule that allows it to be so energetic and to work so powerfully with our own thoughts into affecting manifestation in a very powerful way. Now, the reason that we're, we're talking Shungite is because we want to tell you in the next hour a few things that that have um, that have happened with the Shungite. Um, what I'm trying to do now is to kind of just open your, your, your minds to the concept of we are powerful beings, but Mother Earth, Gaia, has given us so much other energies to work with that regardless of how much negative energy is out there, there is positive energy. And I'm pretty convinced that if I or you go out into your yard and you just talk to the trees and the animals that are there and you 
make a connection with them and say, we've got to all work together here. We will work together. But we'll never know if we're going to work together or not unless we start acknowledging the sentient, sentient being this consciousness of sorts that we may not, it may be vastly more, more than what we have. We can't make the judgment. But it's there. And if we just connect with it, we're going to solidify the, 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 the net of, of life, of what life really is. Not the AI. You know, the, the AI is not going to be able to exist if everything in existence is connected to itself and it realizes it. We don't give it any in. Um, we're at the top of the hour. Uh, why don't we take a break?
All righty, and we are back. Yes, this is Cosmic Reality Radio Show. Um, Walt, why don't you tell them the story about, because, uh, yes, m- some of our listeners have been with us from the beginning, but maybe some, we've got some new ones, and they may not understand when we talk about the Shungite uh, sh- uh, field, the shield. Um, so why don't you just uh, take us down memory lane and explain how we ended up with the satellites um, carrying the Shungite signature. Okay. Um, I don't remember what we were working on at the time, but I know that. Well, I can tell uh, you exactly what we were working on. Okay. <laughs> I wanted you to develop the Heidi device. Remember? Device. I, 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 my sister has got problems with her, her legs and... and so I wanted to develop something that we thought would, that I thought would help. And what happens with, uh, Walt is I give him a, a, a very simple thing. Like, uh, for the stickers, I said, we need something that's small that we can put on our phones. And lo and behold, he uses powder and, and, and sticky tape and creates the stickers beyond what I would have anticipated. But in this case, he had the, uh, the basic concept of, tell them what you made and then what happened with it. But basically, I had just said, I need this device, and you said, oh, I think I can do it this way. But then then, then the the guides come in or your intuition or your imagination, whatever makes this stuff go. You know, and um, then tell them the story of what you made and how it happened. Okay. I'm posting a picture on the chat for those that are connected to the chat so they can take a look. Uh, what had happened is that years ago, I mean, I haven't had television service over 10 years. I, I, I did have satellite, and when you give up the service, they don't take away the dish. They just take away the ballon, which is the component that sits at the end of that uh, arm, and they take away the um, the control box. Uh, so at the time that we were working, and I was making the, the coils for the different frequencies, and we had found how uh, Shanghai loves magnetic fields. It just it grabs that and it just takes off. I thought of I, I thought what happens if what happens the, even though I don't have the service anymore, but the satellite dish is aligned in such a way that the signal from the satellite bounces off of the dish and hits the end of the of the bloom of that arm. So I, I thought, what if I put a Shanghai device there? Like we know that Shanghai loves energy fields. It'll just grab it and go upstream. So I put together, I made an assembly that's uh, two huge magnets sandwiching a coil. And then inside the can, I, I put that assembly, and it's all embedded in resin with a mixture of Shanghai powder and silver-saturated Shanghai powder. Uh, in fact, because of that thing that's sitting at the end of the arm, that's one of the more than one occasion that Nancy asked me over Skype if I had a sunburn, <laughs> because that thing sticking out of the middle is a Lemurian quartz wand, and when I was aligning it so that it would be straight when the resin began curing, it's like the assembly ignited or turned on all of a sudden, and it just blasted my face with Oregon, and I looked like I had a, a sunburn. <laughs> so afterwards, I uh, mounted it, got up on a ladder and mounted it at the end of the arm. And that's when I, I got in touch with you because of Nancy's 
remote viewing capability, she would be able to confirm for me if the signal, uh, number one, was it, was the Shanghai energy signal now going upstream into the satellite? And number two, is it successfully bouncing from that to, uh, you know, the other satellites? Just going, using the satellites like a, the points in a net and just bouncing around the planet and your remote viewing, I think, confirmed that at the time. Sorry, sorry, I was, I was, the mic was off. Yes, absolutely. It was, um, what I saw was that the signal, the, the satellite signal was coming down, bouncing off of the dish, okay? But it went upstream. It followed that, that, that's, that signal all the way to the satellite. And then the satellite has a downlink to the ground, the, the control center of the ground, and it sent the, the Shungite signal. Now, now the downlink was saturated with Shungite. And then it got infested the, the control, all of the controls there, and boom, then it went up to all the other satellites. Uh, what I didn't expect to see was the fact that um, it was like, even though it was in the, the dish was, was a specific satellite system, the rest of the satellites got infe- sort of infected too or contaminated with the Shungite. <laughs> and so the entire world network of satellites was was suddenly full of shungite yeah so so ever so ever since it's been on there um and i i think we've mentioned this in the other shows i mean if i if i go out in the morning and i see just one chemtrail or the beginning of a chemtrail i just focus on that on that antenna and i just always i i say it out loud uh sacred shungite grid Erase, transmute, clear the essence, substance, and energy of all chemtrails in the skies of Minnesota now. And I leave it like that, and I walk away, and ten minutes later you look up and there's nothing. Whatever was there, even if it was the beginnings of a chemtrail, not, there's nothing. There's just nothing. So then, uh, two, no, it was yesterday. Um, I always, when somebody commissions me to make a device before I ship it, I always photograph it so the person can see what is it that they're going to get. And I took a picture of this lady's device against the sun so that she could see it's, it's translucent. And because of that, you see, you see the clear blue sky and she's, she writes back and she says, Oh, what a beautiful sky you have. She says, this is what it looks for us in Southern California. So she sent me this picture that I'm posting on, on the chat right now. <laughs> and I, and I said, well, why don't you use the Shanghai grid the way we use it? And she said, well, like, what's that? So I, I told her, you know, what we made and it's the Shanghai energy bouncing around the planet from satellite to satellite. I said, just, you know, focus on it and, and make your declaration. So I sent her the, the same picture that I have just posted on the chat. I sent her that to assist in her visualization uh, to see what would happen. So this uh, afternoon, a little bit before the show, I get an email from her, and she says, I'm reporting back. So I'm posting the picture now, and she said, this is uh, this is her reporting back photo. There you have it. 
I don't know if it's she's pointing the camera at the same uh, coordinate in the sky, if she's facing north, south, I don't know, because one photo looks like it's dusk, the other photo looks like it's earlier in the day. But uh, she says, reporting back from California, and she uh, she puts a big smiley face. So like, she tried it. I guess she tried it, made the, made the affirmation, and the Shanghai grid worked for her. <laughs> so I thought, this is this is nice confirmation, you know. It's just energy. Use it. What a difference between the uh, before and after. <laughs> very, very interesting. Yeah, all we can do is is try. And, um, you know, we've had other people that have done it also. But we keep forgetting to do this. So, you know, we, we just have to... We're training ourselves, you know, and, and that's basically what it is, training. Um, anything else you wanted to say about the satellites to explain how they can use them in other ways? or? Well, all I can suggest to people if... if Whoever wants to just grab a copy of that satellite dish, use that in your visualization. We all, some people visualize easily, others don't. The, the only point that I would stress is that whatever declaration you make, let it be your own words. They don't have to be my words because not that it's wrong, but when you repeat somebody else's words, you're repeating them intellectually. Okay. They, these are the words. Okay. I'm going ahead. I'm repeating them. But when you come up with your own words from your own inspirations, they don't come from your head. They come from inside your gut, from inside your chest, and it has all that energy behind it, the emotion. This is this is what I'm longing for. This is what I'm this is what I'm wanting. This is this is my desire, you know, this is my longing. So all that energy behind it, that's what drives manifestation. Without without emotion, without feeling, manif- manifestation doesn't happen. That's why it's so difficult to manifest from just thoughts. There's no energy behind it. So when you come up with your own words, things happen faster because it's your words. It's coming out of your creative center. So um, and someone from the chat, okay, here we have Majest. 111 is confirming that it has worked here for the chemtrails. My sky is clear of them for days now. So it's there. And it's rent-free. You don't have to pay rent for the Shanghai grid. <laughs> exactly. Now, one of the last week, or not last week, two shows ago, we had Stephanie Dietz on. And... She had a, she has a friend, Sharonata. Actually, Sharonata and, uh, Stephanie have a radio show on the, mm, what is it, the third Sunday of, um, the month. And Sharonata's on with, with Steph. So, Sharonata has a woman come in every year to give her, um, a test with thermography versus a mammogram. Now, if you have a mammogram and it sees some kind of a, darkness in it, it will then, many times they'll have you take a thermography exam because a thermography sees the heat of cancer before it even turns into a tumor. Why? Well, because the cells are in distress and so they're putting off energy that is detectable in the form of heat. 
So you can get a heat signature in an area that will become cancerous long before you would see it with a mammogram. So because this woman has, uh, Carol, her name is, because she has this ability to bring the th- thermography equipment right to Sharonata's house, Sharonata every year has this done. All right, now, this time... Carol is, uh, uh, has been introduced to Shanghai. She knows about it. So they decided they were going to do a, a testing of what happens when somebody has a cell phone, uh, against their head. What happens when you take a picture of it? What's the heat signature? Uh, I'm going to, um, where the heck did I put it? Uh, yeah, here it is. I'm going to put this in the, uh, chat room if I can do this. You guys know I don't do these things. Very well. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now, this particular... Oh, no, now they want me to sign up. All right. Uh, apparently, when we did the... La- I haven't been over here. I don't know. Walt, I'm going to give you the link. Would you put it in chat for me, please? Sure. Um, this was... Uh, we did the show, and we were talking about the results, and I said, well, I don't have the pictures. Well, I finally got the pictures, and we put them up on this uh, this link. And if you scroll down, it's got the uh, audio of the show that, you know, Steph talked. It was about Edgar Casey, so if you haven't heard it, you might find it interesting. But lower down in the page, you're going to see the pictures the, uh, of, that they got from the, from the thermography. Now, I had seen pictures of brains that had been cooked by a cell phone. I'd seen very similar um, pictures that are up here. It was, it was very disturbing. The first time I, I saw it, and I don't know why I didn't twig on the fact that we could use this, but I don't think, I didn't know that it was transportable. And that we'd actually know somebody that would do this for us, uh, basically for Shungite. I mean, we traded Shungite for her to do the pictures that she did. What's up here is five pictures. And anybody that, um, hears this show, you're gonna be able to go to cosmicreality.net and go to the, uh, archives of our shows and you will be able to see these pictures so it's not like you you know if you hear it in archive you're not going to ever see these pictures um the the five pictures are five out of about oh my gosh there had to have been 30 or so of them because what they did now the first picture there is one where you're seeing sharonata's face before she picks up the telephone she had not been on the telephone but isn't aren't these sorry to interrupt aren't these photos of a man no, 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 it's Sharonata. But she doesn't wear glasses, and this is uh, short hair. The lady has long, curly hair. She's got it pulled up. This is Sharonata. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, it's, it is Sharonata. Stephanie was there, it's Sharonata. Sharonata will attest to the fact that she played the guinea pig. Um, and she's wearing glasses, too? Yeah, and she wears glasses. Okay. So, um, now, the first the first picture... I. I Okay. They, 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 Here's the first, the first picture. The first picture is um, what's called the baseline. It's what she looked like before she picked up the cell phone and had not been on a cell phone. They had taken it even further. She has a, an environment that is shungite. This guy, you know, it's a complete shungite house. They took all the shungite out of the house. All right. They wanted a base for what would happen to the regular a regular person in a unprotected environment. So they take the picture. Now, the first picture is what she looked like, and the red is actually heat signatures, okay? So you can see towards the back of her head, you know, you see the, the dark blue. Well, that's really cold, that, you know, and the green is, is cool. Um, when you get into the yellows and the reds, you're, you're, you're causing heat, okay? 
The second picture is when she, now there was a whole series of them, and you can actually detect all of this redness occurring through the series. But this was the last picture in the series, and it was only two minutes, two minutes on a cell phone. Okay, what you see in the picture is that the phone is now, has a lot of redness in it. It's got yellow. Her hand is, there's actually a picture of her hand um, that I didn't put up because I, I wanted to confirm with Carol that that was what, ha what was the, it, it got confusing to me with all these pictures. So I only used the ones that I was clearly identifying. Um, but at one point, there's a picture of her hand after she had had it, the cell phone and talking for two minutes. And that hand, from the wrist all the way down to the fingertips, was bright red. It was scary. So you can see that her hand is still green, but there's there's yellow and reds on her fingers. And if she was to turn that hand around, it would be bright red. The third picture on the top is what her face looked like after she had done this two minutes on the phone. And you can see, if you compare the third picture to the first picture, it's scary. Because all of that red that you see, which goes now, her forehead is, is even more red. Her nose is, is very red, whereas it had had green on it. The cheeks that it had green only have a little green. It's all red. Down into her throat, into her shoulder, all bright red. Okay? That's what happens to a human being on a cell phone for two minutes. What's happening is that it's a microwave signal. Okay? Now, a microwave, whether it's on, let me put it to you this way, an oven. You can cook a roast in an oven for a few minutes at low, at high heat, I mean for a little short time at high heat, or you can cook it over a longer period of time at low heat. The same thing happens, there's cooking happening, okay? It's a microwave signal. It's the same signal in a microwave. It's just a, oh, it's low level, it's not going to hurt you. Bullshit. It's still going to cook you, it's just going to cook you slower. Okay? But you can see in the pictures with the amount of red that that is occurring for a two-minute phone call that this cannot be good. Now, that's a human adult, you take a child, the child has no protection whatsoever, and I could have showed you the front. The front of her face is completely red. The other side of her face, the other side of her head is showing red. But they hadn't taken comparisons, so I didn't want to, I decided not to mess with them. The two bottom pictures are, is the same experiment, a two-minute call. But in this case, she's got a Shungite sticker on the phone. You can see that after she puts down the phone, the picture is not that much different from the baseline. The phone, in the last picture before she hung up, is is blue. Her hand is green. There is nothing happening. This is a this is an absolute proof positive in thermography that what we've been telling you about shungite and the powder and the stickers is real. We've gone beyond people saying, I think it's real. Now we have a science that we can, I just, I just want to have this woman with me for an entire day, 24 hours for crying out loud. I want to be able to take pictures of people that got a laptop on their lap. What's it doing to your internal organs? I want to be able to take a picture of every single device 
And what happens to your hands when you're holding this without this, without Shungite? So we're going to, um, we are, uh, 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 what do they call it? A, uh, a 501c3. We have the, the designation that if you give us any money, the IRS will take it off your taxes. I'm going to set up a, a special fund for people to donate money just specifically for this kind of testing. Now, I'm going to make sure I've got to get with Carol. I've got to do a lot of preliminary work so that we can tell you how much it's going to cost and what kind of testing we're going to do. We have to develop the protocol of the testing itself um, before I even start asking people for money. So it, it's down the pike a little bit. But if you are out there and you have people who are telling you that you are an idiot for telling them that the cell phone is killing them, please, that link is up on chat right now. It will be there in the uh, on Cosmic Reality in this show because the blogs keep you can you can hear all of our shows. Just go to the the archive thing. Um, show them these pictures. You know, I showed them to somebody who knows this information, but she calls me up and she says, you know those pictures you showed me, because I didn't have them up online yet at that time. She said, um, I really need to see these. And, and I said, well, I got them up now, and I gave her the link. I said, will these work? And she said, yes, because I'm trying to tell people about this, and they don't believe me. They have to see it. So if you if you have a, uh, if you're a grandparent and your kid, your grandkid has been given a phone, I don't care what age they are. And the parent is saying that you're crazy because you're telling them there's a problem. Make the mom or dad see these pictures, please. You know, I cannot imagine. I mean, one of the things that we actually talked about when we started talking about the testing, I said somebody wanted to um, to to do testing on animals, and I said, I can't do that. And they said, why? I said, because in my opinion, it's animal cruelty. I know what these things are doing to animals. I could not do it. Not for one testing. I couldn't do it. And, you know, they said, well, how about if we just test them in an environment that doesn't have shungite? Just take readings on them and see what kind of heat up we're getting. And then put them in a shungite environment and see what changes are. I said, that'll work. Because they're already in, you know, animal cruelty environment because you're in a Wi-Fi environment. Um... But I wanted to, to, to make sure that we got out at least preliminary photographs of what we're doing so that you can see the impact of what these cell phones are actually doing to your body. Now, why is the sticker working? Well, it's working because, like I say, a cell that is, is, now remember, my brother died of a tumor in his brain that is directly linked to Wi-Fi emissions. You know, I'm not, I'm not somebody who doesn't understand this. Yeah, I, I've been there. I've seen the devastation that a family goes through to watch somebody deteriorate as their brain is being destroyed. You don't want to see it, and you don't want to see it in your children. Um, and this is why we're on the mission to get Shungite to everybody. Because when the Shungite feel that, that fullerene, when that field has got all that quantum energy in it, all that power, okay? You know, I mean, we talk about the, the power of the atom and the nuclear. Well, 
the quantum field is quite a bit more powerful <laughs> than anything that, that in the concept of a 3D nuclear, okay? The fullerene is giving us this power to work with, and it works with energy. So when you've got a fullerene on a, in the powdered form, on a sticker, very little, 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 it's not much, but it is silver saturated for a reason. The silver saturation of the shungite actually keeps the door to the quantum open, so you, you continually have a continually, all the time. If you're just using the powder, it goes, the door sort of like opens and then opens the other way and seems to be pulling toxins in to the quantum field to create another, you know, just sends them back to source, basically. That's what, what we think is happening, okay? When an electromagnetic field hits the shungite, the shungite field, it's rotating. Now, I say that it's rotating counterclockwise and that shungite rotates clockwise. Technically, that's not true. Technically, it's a left and right spin. But it, when I was trying to tell people this, they seemed to understand the concept of counterclockwise and clockwise better than torsion fields and left spinning and right spinning. But it's just the, that they're rotating in an opposite direction. Electro, elect, an electromagnetic Wi-Fi signal is rotating opposite the natural spin of a cell. So what happens is that when they collide, in the case of, of this, these pictures, when she's been on the phone, there's a lot of agitation, there's a lot of heat because they're like constricting, there's pressure, there's, you know, it's you know, because your cells are being stopped in their motion. And everything is freaking out, everything is throwing off all this heat energy. Alright, and that's the heat signature. When it hits shungite, before it ever gets to your cells, the rotation is reversed. So now it is rotating in the same way your cells are. There's no, there's no problem. There's no pressure. There's no uh, friction between the, the, the cells and the signal. That's why you don't have it heating up. Now, because of some of the pictures and some of the things that I saw in it, it freaked me out because I'm going, there should not be any kind of a redness occurring. It should not be heating up. If we're right about this, it should not be heating up. And I, I asked the, you know, I asked the question, the universe is going to give you the answer. And I said, what is happening here? Why are we still seeing certain red in certain spots? Uh, very localized spots. And, um, that's when I was on with JP and JP says, well, you know, you ever stuck a, what did he say? Did you ever put an aluminum, aluminum in a microwave? And I said, uh, I did tinfoil accidentally one time. And he said, well, you know what happened? I said, yeah, the damn thing virtually exploded. <laughs> you know, there's sparks and all sorts of things happening. And he said, well, we have aluminum in our heads. We, and we also have, um, uh, magnetite, which is a magnetic, uh, mineral that's floating around in our heads. Imagine putting these things in a microwave. They're going to heat up. So it's very likely that the signatures of heat that we're seeing after, you know, with a, with a sticker on it, is actually metal heating up in your head. And I got more convinced because of the fact that from the baseline photograph that we have in the, in, in the five, the first one, okay, it took 20 minutes after that two minute call before they got the same baseline picture. 20 minutes. Now, the cells should have calmed down by then. 
But if you've got heat still being sent out into the brain because you got metal that's been heated up, well, there's your signature. That's why it took 20 minutes. So, you know, this every time we look at something like this, it gets deeper and deeper. It gets... Um, yeah, may I add something yeah, when you absolutely. said about the 20 minutes? Yeah. Um, here in this particular case, um, you were purposely performing uh, a test. So you had to allow the person's uh, face to cool down sufficiently so you could get the same baseline. But when you said that, that it took 20 minutes for her to come back to the same starting temp, I thought uh, those frequent cell phone users that are on the phone with a little pause, you know, 10 minutes, one call, another 10 minutes, another call, another five minutes, another call, 15 minutes, another call. That's Isn't that a cumulative effect? You're piling on the energy from the first call on the second. And, and <laughs> so by the end of the day, your head looks like it's on flames. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, I mean, it, it, the more it's, you study of it, the scarier it gets. You yeah, actually because you're, you're accumulating. Imagine, or, or for example, okay, she had a two-minute call, right? And it took you 20 minutes to, to cool down. Let's say she waited one minute, made another two-minute call, waited one minute. And so at the end of, let's say, five one-minute calls, she would have the cumulative energy of all those calls. So it would be even, it would look even worse on a frequent cell phone user. That, it, it does, a, it, it does. The reason, the reason that, um, so many people out there are now realizing, you know, that, that Wi-Fi is a danger is because they are getting those results. People that are, you know, heavy users of cell phones are coming down with a huge number. It's not, it's not just, cancer of the brain the 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 two things that that seem to be prevalent is a tumor in the in the ear and if you look at how red those that ear is on her after the phone call in the auditory channel that's where this tumor occurs all right you can absolutely understand it you have cooked the cells and the cells have turned into cancer and now you got a tumor okay it also um, is affecting even before you would develop a tumor. You're, you're destroying parts of, of the entire system. Now, in this case, we're, we're focused on the brain because that's what they were looking at. All right, but every—I mean, you know the list, Walt. You've seen what this. I could pull it up, but it's like neurological disease, heart disease, um, uh, uh, babies, uh, prenatal, a lot of deaths and and, and prematures and and kids that aren't developing correctly, the brain of a child is trying to develop while you're cooking it. Yeah. I mean, come on, people. We have got to wake up. Now, the fact that we have been so blessed to have something like Shungite that can actually change all of this is is absurd. I don't know that we deserve this, but we got it. Thank you, Gaia. <laughs> you know, because, yes, it's going to be, it's a terrible uphill battle. And I don't want the technology to go away. I love the technology. But we've got to be able to live with it. And we're not going to live with it if we keep using it without any kind of protection. Now, one of the demonstrations that we've, um, that, that, that 
works with Shungite is the concept of the electricity and the way that electricity flows through it. All right? Now, God bless uh, Kenneth Gregory. All of us should have seen it, but it was Kenneth Gregory that saw it because we were taking meters and this one, oh, the, the Shungite store, they actually did something interesting. They took a 9-volt meter uh, battery and they attached a light bulb to it and then they had the two prongs and they were able to show that if you put one prong battery power going through Shungite and the other prong would detecting that energy, um, it would light up the bulb. You'd have a grounding thing. Well, he came across the realization that a light, a flashlight, it will do the same thing. So we put together a YouTube, um, and I don't, where is that? Oh, good Lord, I've gone and lost it somehow. You need uh, the link? I, I had it up. Oh, here it is. Okay. All right, I'm going to give you another link to post. Of course, am I, okay. I'm posting this. This is a, a YouTube presentation. Walt's going to post it into chat. Um, you can, you'll have, you'll be able to find the links on the website as soon as we get that fixed. But this shows you how to test for uh, Shungite, and it basically says that if you take take the top, the back of the, uh, you know, where you where you click it on in a in a in a flashlight, and you take a piece of copper wire and you put it on the battery, and then to the side of the, you know, you touch the side of the the flashlight, you have a circuit, okay, and the flashlight will come on. If you do the same thing with Shungite, the light will also come on. If you do it with anything else, it's not going to. Now, what's it, what it, it's proving is whether you've got real Shungite or fake Shungite. The reason I want you to take a look at this is to understand what Shungite really is, because it's not the Shungite mate, matrix, which is the, what, what, what will you call the, the, the nugget, okay, or a brick of it. You know, it's the matrix of Shungite. It's like a, again, a stew, okay? It's got all sorts of different things in it. And, Shungite has 35 to 60% fullerenes within its matrix structure. It is not the matrix that is sending the signal. The matrix, for all practical purposes, is very similar to coal. It's the fullerenes. All right? The fullerenes is what's taking the electricity and passing it from fullerene to fullerene to fullerene. It's the pathway of the fullerenes, not the pathway of the matrix of the Shungite. All right? That's why it's very critical that you get real Shungite, because the same concept of this passing of energy is what makes Shungite work. It's using quantum fields to connect all of the fullerenes. So that's why... Am I, am I saying it right, Walt? Do you agree with that interpretation of what's happening? Um, well, the thing is that um, I don't know where you would have been able to get a piece, but when you did the flashlight test, just for reference purposes, um, you could also you could have tried with a little piece of coal and or charcoal, and it would have lit up because carbon is electrically conductive. I I've I've made carbon probes just for that, like when you. If you if you break up table salt and with electrolysis, uh, you need a carbon rod if you want to get the the chlorine gas out of it because chlorine binds to copper. So a carbon is a conductor, 
not you know, pure carbon, not just the Shanghai. So you could have done that, but what happens is if you put a piece of coal or a piece of Shanghai side by side, you can immediately see how different they are. The weight is different, the texture is different. Uh, coal breaks irregularly, Shanghai breaks into curved planes. So there's other, you know, there are visual cues to tell you which is which. You know, I had seen some reference to that concept of, of coal being able to do it, but I couldn't, I couldn't tie it down. So you're saying that coal actually, if you use coal, it would have done the same thing, or you're saying a brick, uh, a char- Have you ever, um, did you ever, I don't know if you ever tried it at school, you know, uh, C, C batteries, C cells, the big ones? The, the yeah, big, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You buy in the store. If you crack one of those open, you know, the, the center, the, the, the center, the little nipple that's your positive terminal on a, on a C battery. You know, the thing on one end, it has a divot on the other end. It has a, uh, a little nipple that's the positive on the back end is the negative. Right. If you crack open the casing, that positive end, is nothing but a carbon rod going right down the middle of the battery. It's about as thick as a pencil, and it's maybe two inches long, two to two and a half inches long. And you could, I used to pull those out and use them as uh, term uh, probes for electrolysis because when you're electrolyzing something that's very caustic or very corrosive, the carbon is immune to it. It doesn't get eaten up like metals do. So where were you the night that we were trying to do this? <laughs> Nobody invited me, so I'm a projector. If I don't get invited, I'm useless. Well, you know, this is why I love talking to you, because <laughs> it, it, there's always something, and that's the thing, is there's always something more. You know, so now we got to do the video over again. Because My only complaint about the video is why is the sign sideways? I want to walk by this stuff. <laughs> um, in actuality, um, it, it, well, she didn't film it that way. Oh. Okay. Um, she was filming it so that it was long, which uh-huh. if I had realized she was doing that, I would have had her turn the, the, the thing anyway, because on YouTube you want it long, you know, horizontally, not vertically. Oh, right, right. Um, but anyway, the camera did this. It had never happened before, but the camera reversed it. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, so that when they uploaded it, it, that's the way it went. Now, I wasn't really upset about the fact that we've got the uh, place card on the, you know, that's, that it's sideways because it was the best way to see what, you, I mean, it was really kind of cool because you look like you're looking over Harley's shoulders, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, because I didn't want anybody stealing this thing. <laughs> you know, and, and I'd say, hey, we're going to put this right in the middle of the of the picture so that, you know, regardless of what happens to the video, you know, they're not, they're going to know where it came from because they're you're gonna not going to go shop off all that, right? Yeah. Um, and then um, we we'll talk about synchronicity. Uh, I'm looking at this thing and I'm going like, no, we got to do something. I need a, I need a uh, video program. So I go on, I, it was Sunday and I was... Um, talking with Jay over, you know, just the radio thing. And he says, oh, by the way, I've got this new program. It's a video program. (laughs) (laughs) And he turned me on to it. And so I redid the video and, you know, made it look more professional and took out the the problem things. Um, But this was interesting with the the beads. So those beads, they look... uh, The the only difference is the, um, the shininess... You could you could see that you, the video was at least picked up that detail 
that the necklace had a specific type of finish and a hue. If if black can have a hue, it had a specific hue of black. But the bracelets, when he tried them and they don't conduct, uh, uh, the the finishing is different. But if you look at the video, the color is not the same as the necklace. It's a different hue of black. Oh no no, they're, they're, I don't know what, what one of them was a real shungite. One of the bracelets, yeah. real shungite, and yeah. of course it works. It turns on the on the. Yeah, uh, but the other one is different. No, and the other one came from Kakistan. Those are the Kakistan beads. Oh. Yeah, that that's why they didn't work, because so Kakistan that, has only about 5% fullerene in it. So that commercially they're being sold as Shanghai? Yes. Oh. Now, the woman claims, and, and it may have been there, you know, I may have missed it. She claimed that she had said it came from Kakistan. Now, up on her website after I complained, it did say that, whether it said that or not before. Um, <laughs> but she was calling it Shungite, which is technically not true at all. Um, then uh, you don't see it there, but Stephanie went home that night. And the next day, she took uh, uh, two things that had been sold to her as Shungite. One oh, was the little statues. The little statues, and it had a uh, base that the statue was on, and it said, Shungite from Corellia. So she tests the base, and yes, the base is Shungite, but not the figurine. Yeah. So it makes you it makes you think that the figurine has been carved from a piece of Shungite. Yes, they make you think that, but it's not, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, there, there's, uh, there, but, but anyways... <laughs> So carbon, so the, the whole thing I thought about with the fullerenes being the real reason the energy was going through it. You know what we need to do is test to see how fast it goes through carbon versus the Shanghai. Well, you know, the, I don't know how prohibitively, if it, I don't know if that thermography thing is very prohibitive. I don't know if it's, if, uh, now that the smartphones are so fancy, do they have an app you can download so you can take thermographic pictures with your smartphone? Um, not that I know of, but... Because I know that these things are so sophisticated, they have accelerometers and magnetometers and heaven knows what. Because another way to test uh, the Shungite versus other forms of carbon would be with thermography, because by default, the Shungite has a different thermal uh, signature. In fact, uh, uh, Stephanie brought it up, how one lady told her that when you pick up Shanghai beads, they always feel warm. But when you pick up other beads that look like, very much like Shanghai, they're very cool. So right off the bat, you, there's a, a, a different thermal signature or state to the Shanghai versus other minerals. So I think the thermography would pick up on that. I can't wait to find out what thermography can really tell us. <laughs> I just... It's like, wow. Yeah, I, I don't see why it, it could, can't be an app in a phone. I mean, these things are like so super sophisticated. I mean, the, I see people with their smartphones that they're doing like uh, infrared photography and whatnot. I'm thinking, okay, so it doesn't look that expensive if they can do it with a phone. But Are you what, trying to put Carol out of business? Carol? <laughs> the one what, that's got the thermography set? What, what the, the machine looks like the size of a fridge? I don't know, no, I'm sure it doesn't. I'll have to ask Steph. We'll be doing a lot more, you know, with that. But um 
yeah, Shungite, Shungite has got so many different magical, um. Well, uh, for example, I'll give you an, um, what was the name? Um, I forget his name, uh, the name of the website changed. There's a, uh, an English gentleman, and he sells a piece of software that lets you use your laptop and a regular webcam to do thermography. I never bought it because it's, to me it's prohibitive. It's got a four-digit price <laughs> tag. But I saw on YouTube they, they have a documentary, and they were using it to um, – and they were doing live video. They weren't taking pictures. They were using live video, and they were pointing the camera like an organite um, pyramid – and they were photographing an organite cone, and they were noticing, like, when they would put the organite pyramid on a surface, not only was the pyramid showing energy patterns, but it was also changing the energy state of the surface of the table where it was being put down. The same thing happened with the cone. And I thought, wow, this is so nice. You can actually use your webcam to just look and and analyze, you know, the energy signatures of these things. But when I went to the website, it's expensive, it's a pricey thing. But it, it, all it takes equipment-wise is a laptop and a webcam. So if they can do it that simply, it, I guess one of these days it will be available as a phone, downloadable phone app, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> I wonder if Nancy oh, muted. I, I was muted. I was muted. I, <laughs> sa- I said, y- yes, absolutely. Um, I, I actually made some kind of a strange remark, but good thing it was muted. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, wow, we blew through another two hours almost. Um, and I had nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, tomorrow we're going to have a... Um, a show called, uh, you know, uh, World Talk with uh, Friends. And I think that a lot of our listeners will find it uh, informative. Uh, we've got Bill and Jan Moore that are coming on. Now, Jan was um, raised in, in Great Britain, and Bill is her husband. He lived over there for, for a long time. And they have, they have a lot to say about the EU and uh, the Britain's de- decision to leave it. Um, I'm also bringing in Nora uh, Willow because she's in Italy now, and she <laughs> she just gets she just gets to Italy, and um, you know already she's people are looking at her like she's a little kind of weird because they're all panicking over this exit by the Brits from the EU, and she's going it might be a good thing though, and they're like what? <laughs> so she's She's coming on because she studied the situation and she knows a lot more about it than I do too. But anybody that's interested in just getting a feeling for what this might mean, because I'm not sure I, I do. Um, now what was it that Fulford said about it, Walt? About I'm the sorry? Fulford. What what was his take on the on the uh, vote to leave the EU? Well, according to him, Britain is a done deal. They've, uh, they're going to exit. And therefore, they're, that's, it's a blow to, because all of these people, why do they want these countries united? Because they, that way they control the, the budgets and they control the flow of money because all the countries are under one blanket, like the, like, uh, 
in that sci-fi movie, The Umbrella Corporation. Everything is under one umbrella. So these people breaking off, okay, that's money that's going out of their pockets. Now they, they, they can't tell these people what to do with their national budget because they're no longer part of the union. So they're realizing, uh, in fact, that's one of the things in, in the Fulford Post that the rule under the, U, the, the EU, the European Union, it's even more dictatorial, more draconian than uh, communist Russia in its heyday. That's how he compares it, that it's even worse than communist Russia when Russia was at, at the zenith of their communist uh, regime. When it was the Soviet Union. When it was the Soviet Union, yeah. He says the the, the rules and, and control is, is it's horrible. So that's why, and they're telling you, you know, they're because your country is part of a union. They're coming you and telling you what to do with your money and how to use it and what. And you say, oh, wait, it's the same thing. I I argue so many times with people in Argentina <clears throat> here in the U.S. when the Constitution was drawn, uh, they declared, you know freedom of belief, freedom of creed. You know, everybody was free to believe in whatever they wanted to believe. But in Argentina, they made a, a, a horrible strategic error. Well, I don't think it was an error. I think it was done on, on purpose. Even though the Constitution establishes the same thing, you have freedom of creed, you can believe in whatever you want, nobody's going to persecute you, blah, blah, blah. But, and here comes the big but, the official religion is Roman Catholic Church. So because the church is part of the Constitution, this declaration that, yes, our official religion is the Catholic Church, every year they get money from the national budget. And every year, I don't know how many millions of dollars they suck out of the country for what? What do you get in exchange for that? You know, part, you get your sins forgiven? And that's one of the, that's one of the things that brought down the Peron government because I don't, I know you have no reason to bother studying his history, but he had several, you know, regimes. You know, he was president for a while, then he brought his uh, second wife who was president, and then he brought his third wife. Well, one of those times that he was deposed, that's why he was deposed. He wanted to change the constitution and get the Catholic Church out of the constitution so they wouldn't be draining the country so much. And that they they brought him down instead. That's how nasty those guys are. So at least you 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 consider yourself lucky to be an American. You don't have an official religion declared in the Constitution. Well, the fact that the Brits could say, I no longer want to be part of this union, was what I believe was the right of the South during the Civil War, what became the Civil War. Those states that left the Union, you know, should have been allowed to have left the Union. Now, had that happened, um, eventually it would have all, the, the South would have had to have come back into the fold, so to speak, because economically they couldn't stand by themselves. I don't see any way that the South would have become a viable economic entity in the way that it was, the, the, nation, the states that went out. They didn't well, have the industry. To this it, day, nobody has successfully explained to me what gives with the Alamo. The Mexicans won and they left. What's up with that? <laughs> I mean, that's the, I, I've been told the story that, you know, the Mexican army won that 
You know, the Americans you know, got sieged in that fort and they lost. And why isn't, why did the Mexicans leave? Did they lose French support? What was the deal behind the that? American, the American, what became the Americans, the Texans got together and came back and kicked their friggin' asses. Oh, okay. They didn't leave because they wanted to leave. They left because the, the Texans got together and, and did them some damage and they left in the, you know, the, it was a revolution in that the Texans said, well, we no longer belong to Mexico. But it was an outright revolution. Oh, okay. Um, but that, I mean, Ben also talks about the fact that there is a revolution happening in, in France. And, and, you know, other, other countries are, everything is falling apart. Yep. And as long as you're not afraid of it, as long as, I mean, good lord, it's like, Oh, because you're, because you're used to being beat up all the time and living in poverty, you don't want to make a change because you're used to that? Yeah, you don't want to rock the boat. <laughs> you don't want to rock the boat, man, because, you know, I mean, what, you know, what is it? You don't, you don't want to jump. I don't want no trouble, man. Pan into the frying pan or whatever they, you know, what, the fire into the, pan into the fire, whatever it is, you know, it's like, you know, get a hold of yourself, you know, let, let's, let's just do this, let's just let it go down. And also, according to Ben and so many others, you know, there are other options being presented. And so don't be fearful of it. All this stuff is happening, you know. It was, it was, it was like, you know, Nora saying to the Italians who were freaking out, you know, well, this may not be a bad thing. You know, it was like, you traitor, you know, you've only been here for a week and you're, you're, you're talking <laughs> traitorish. You well, you know, everybody gets, uh, if just the very simple fact that commercials can brainwash you into buying something you don't need, imagine politics. Politics is even better at brainwashing people to convince them to, you know, vote for this, vote for that. Oh, no, this candidate is perfect. No, this candidate is perfect. So, and they're using every tactic known to the media to brainwash you into believing what's not necessarily true. I got, I got to tell you, we're, we're, we're going to sign off here, but I got to tell you this thing that my sister said to me. She was talking to somebody and he says to her, do you really think that Trump wants to be president of the United States? And she looked at him and she said, well, I guess, why not? And he says, well, is he doing anything that makes it sound like he wants to be president of the United States? <laughs> <laughs> and we started talking about it. You know, this guy has a history of going and, and running for a presidential thing and then dropping out. We we got to the point where we think, this guy's going to do the same thing. He had some big resort that he was, was building at the time, you know, and people yeah. said, well, he's only in this because he's trying to, you know, publicize this big, you know, resort thing. Well, maybe yeah. that's true. And so he goes and he says the most outlandish things and he goes home and he goes to his wife, oh my God, they believe that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen how many times he's declared bankruptcy? Yeah, I, well, the thing of it is, is that, you know, maybe the guy never even wanted to be president, but everybody's like, yeah, go for it, go for it. He's going to yeah, be president. Yeah, he just he wanted want to see to if he could do it, that's all. Oh. I just want to see if, if I could do it, like Aunt B and, uh, and the, and the Andy Griffith show, where she took flying lessons. And that's all she wanted to do. She didn't want to be a pilot. She just wanted to know that she could do it. So she took off and she landed and that's it. That, that's all she needed in her life. My mother did the same thing. She got to the point of soloing, and then she quit. And I said, why did you do that? She said, if he had a heart attack while we were flying, I wanted to be able to land. <laughs> <laughs> Love you people out there. Thank you so very oh, much. Night, Thank you. Walt, have a, have a, well, Walt, we got a show on Sunday. 
Oh yeah, this uh gonna be the first Sunday. Yep. And on um Saturday we're going to do say what and Deb is gonna be on and we're gonna talk inner earth. I've been looking at the inner earth thing. You know, the flat earth didn't fly with me, but this inner earth thing is very interesting. So um you know, we'll have a discussion about that too, Walt. The inner earth. Thank oh, you. On Saturday? Oh, okay, good. That Saturday, Saturday is when I'm going to be talking to uh, Deb about it. And so oh, cool. next week we'll we'll see what we found out because we promised each other that we would both look at it and then talk about it and say what on Saturday. Um, tomorrow's show is going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be with the Moors um, in Nora Willow and myself and Colleen. And I just, um, you know, hope that you can take a listen to that. And... All be safe. We'll see you next week. Um, Colleen, it's all yours, darling. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. See you all later. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye. Preaching. Preaching. The unknown. 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 You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening.